Our scripture today comes from Exodus chapter 1, starting at verse 8, and then we'll continue into chapter 2. Then a new king, to whom Joseph meant nothing, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. And they built Python and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread. So the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with harsh labor in brick and mortar, with all kinds of work in the fields. In all their harsh labor, the Egyptians worked them ruthlessly. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shiphrah and Puah, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, eh, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? And then going to chapter 2, verse 1. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Is the word of God for the people of God. Boldness comes in many flavors. When I was a kid, one of the places we lived was Korea. And I remember in Korea that they had these big pots that we see all over the countryside. And they'd put a bunch of cabbage and other stuff in it, and then they'd bury it and just leave it closed up for a while. Then after it had fermented and done other chemical stuff, they'd bring it out. You know what they did with it? They ate it. 
It's called kimchi. Anybody in here love kimchi? Tony does. I know my daughter loves kimchi. I've never developed a taste for kimchi. Maybe, maybe if I were bolder, I'd, I'd taste it, I'd eat it, and, and I'd let it grow on me. Some of us are bold in the area of trying new foods. Others of us are bold maybe in going new places and trying new experiences. Boldness is a concept and something that we see throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament. It's a popular word there. The word that's translated as bold, parousia, in the New Testament can also be translated openness, plainness, straightforwardness. Now, we don't see that word. We don't see boldness as a word in this text in Exodus. But I see boldness displayed in multiple ways. See five ladies here, five bold women. We see Shipra and Pua, the Hebrew midwives. We see Jochebed and Miriam. They're not named here yet. We get their names later. Jochebed is Moses' mother. Miriam is his sister. And we see Pharaoh's daughter, whose name we never learn. It's just Pharaoh's daughter. Each of these women displayed boldness. And their boldness was more than just what we today call expressive individualism. It's more than just saying, I am going to be myself. They found themselves in situations where they and people they cared for faced real danger. And the boldness they displayed in each case was for the benefit of others. Now let's consider the background of this story in Exodus. If we go back to the book of Genesis, we see that there's this fellow named Jacob. Anybody remember how many sons Jacob had? Twelve sons. And his favorite son, anybody remember the name of his favorite son? Joseph. And, and Joseph was, was so favored that he got this really fancy coat, and everybody knew that Joseph was the favorite son. That might not be so bad for outsiders, but what do you do if you're Joseph's brothers? What do you do when this little brat comes along and starts making a big deal of being mom, of being dad's favorite? being the one who gets the best. And then he starts having dreams. Dreams about how he's exalted over his brothers. Even dreams of how he's exalted over his parents. Joseph, so annoying. So the brothers catch him one day, beat him up, throw him in a pit, and sell him into slavery. And he gets hauled off to Egypt where he starts off as a slave in Potiphar's household, works his way up then, but then crashes and burns because of what Potiphar's wife does, back in prison, back in a hole in the ground there in Egypt, works his way up by interpreting dreams of the Pharaoh, becomes ruler over Egypt under Pharaoh, saves the people of Egypt from seven years of famine. By the time we get here to Exodus, they'd forgotten Joseph. 
They'd forgotten that Joseph was the one that preserved their country, the one who had preserved their families, their ancestors. They'd come to the conclusion, these Israelites are people that we can't trust. These foreigners in our midst are multiplying. We can't control them anymore. We're going to have to deal with them shrewdly. Now, shrewdly is a weird word here, isn't it? Usually when we think of being shrewd, we think of being wise, we think of being careful, we think of being discerning. But what's Pharaoh's plan for being shrewd? Let's kill him. That's not being shrewd, that's being murderous. Puts him to work. Makes them slaves. If we make them slaves, there won't be so many. If we kill the baby boys, there won't be so many. This is where we see our first bold women. Like the others in the story, Shipra and Puah didn't have much power. They're midwives. How many of y'all want to grow up to be a midwife? You think, I want to be somebody in this world. I want to be somebody of power and influence. I'm going to be a midwife. I'm not sure many people think that way. There are some people that love babies. There are some people that love bringing babies into the world. There are some people who just love helping people. Those are the kind of people that aspire to be a midwife. But we don't usually associate midwives and boldness. We often don't even think or give midwives their due and the importance they have for society. So here's these midwives, Shipra and Puah. They have clear instructions. While you're there helping these Hebrew women give birth, if they have a baby girl, man, everybody's going to be happy. Just go on your merry way. But if they have a boy, kill it. There's no ambiguity. There's no room for fudging here. Very clear instructions from the authority above them. Sometimes the world gives us clear instructions too. Sometimes the world, either through the authorities that are over us or the peers that we run around with, they give us clear instruction. This is what you need to do if you're going to get ahead in life. This is what you're going to need to do if you want to be respected. This is what you need to do if you want to be somebody. But what it says here, these bold women did, is they feared God. When they feared God, it's not like they said, oh, no, if we do that, God's going to stomp on us. God's going to get us. God's going to send us to hell. It's not like they're terrified of God. What it means for them to fear God is they took God into account. In the face of all that was going on, in face of what was happening to the Israelites, in face of the clear instructions from the Pharaoh and the rulers of Egypt, they took God into account. Is that something we can do? Is that something we can do when we get those clear instructions from the world? 
that would lead us in ways the world says will be success. Ways in which the world says you're going to get respect, you're going to be somebody if you do this, if you follow our script. Can we, like these Hebrew midwives, fear God? Can we take God into account? Can we remember who God is, what he's done for us, and what his intentions are for us? That's what these women did. They feared God. Of course, the problem was that didn't take Pharaoh off the scene. Pharaoh still could have said, hey, Hebrew midwives, you're just not doing the job, so I'm going to kill you. We see too many times in Scripture, and we see the list in Hebrews 11 of, of the times that people were faithful. They feared God. They did what they were supposed to do. And yet they suffered the consequences. But these women, these bold women, Shipra and Pua, were willing to face the consequences of fearing God more than they feared Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's strategy didn't work. So he comes up with a new one. If I can't depend on the midwives, I'm going to make a new law. The new law is whenever you have a baby boy, throw him in the river. So we get to chapter 2. Chapter 2, we see this Levite woman who we later learn is named Jochebed. She already has a daughter. We'll learn later she also has another son that's, that's living and older. But now she has another baby boy, and the rule, the clear rule, the clear law of Egyptian society is it's a Hebrew baby boy, throw him in the river. She boldly keeps him alive. She boldly says, I love my son. I'm not throwing him in the river. I'm going to do everything I can to keep him alive. I don't know if any of that is due to her having guidance from God that he would grow up to be Moses, the deliverer of the people. And I don't know how much of that is just because she's a mom and that's what moms do. But when he gets to three months old, she couldn't hide him anymore. And so she comes up with a plan. Her boldness leads to creativity. There's a situation that I can't handle that I don't know what to do. So I'll be creative. She, she makes a little boat, a basket covered with, with pitch and with tar. And instead of throwing her son in the river, she gently puts her son in the river. He, she's keeping the law, isn't she? Pharaoh said, put your son in the river. She put her son in the river. She's following the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. Can you imagine how much trust it took for Jochebed to put her baby son in a basket in the Nile River. Huge amount of risk. But she entrusted her son to God. She discovered that she was powerless to save her son herself. Some of y'all parents have had that realization about your children, haven't you? When your children are little babies, you can carry them around, you can pretty much make them do whatever you want to make them do. 
But when they get what? Six, seven, 17, 27, 47. When they grow up, you can't make them do anything. You have to trust them to God. And still love them. You can still pray for them. But we have to tr entrust our kids to God. Now, in the midst of this, daughter Miriam. Daughter Miriam is being bold, too. She's out there paying attention. She's out there watching to see what's going to happen as little Moses is there in his basket in the Nile River. He's paying attention. Boldness it requires paying attention to what's going on around us. And Miriam watches as Pharaoh's daughter comes down. And Pharaoh's daughter sees this little baby there, and Pharaoh's daughter knows exactly what's going on. Pharaoh's daughter knows the laws that her father has promulgated. She knows the Hebrews are supposed to throw their baby boys into the river. And she finds this baby boy. And... I, I don't really know anything about the attitudes or mindsets of ancient Egyptian women. But I can imagine she said something like, oh, how cute. And maybe going to her mom, can I keep him? But whatever else we know about this Egyptian woman, this daughter of the Pharaoh. She was bold enough to cooperate against her father's law. She was bold enough to love this unknown foreign baby that had floated up to her. Now, Sister Miriam's watching all this, and she sees it, and she runs up and says, Hi, I see you found a baby. If I can find somebody... They can nurse the baby for you. How'd that be? Would that be a help to you? And Egyptian princess says, why, sure. And, and if you can find somebody that would do that, I'd even pay for it. So can you imagine who Miriam would go find to take care of the baby for the princess? His mother. That's a perfect person, right? So he goes, gets his mom, says, Hey, Mom, this Egyptian princess has found a baby, and she wants you to nurse him for a while. Okay, we'll do that. Boldness. We know this baby is Moses. Where would Moses be? Where would the rest of the Old Testament be? These bold women hadn't been there. Fearing God. Being creative. Paying attention. Loving people. Let's catalog some of their acts of boldness. Though they're powerless in the world's terms, they did have the power, however small it might be, to do the right thing. How about us? We might not have much power in the eyes of the world, but, but we still have multiple situations every day in which we can do the right thing. These bold women took God into account. They feared him. They listened to him. They valued his point of view. They valued what he cared for. That's something we can do. We can fear God. We can take God into account each situation in our life. I'd also bet that in their boldness here, what they did didn't always align with their personal preferences. I'm sure Shipra Pua would have liked having 
a congenial relationship with Pharaoh. It can be scary sometimes to be at odds with somebody who has the power of life and death over you. And yet they were bold. In each of these cases, their boldness cost them something. When we're bold, it's going to cost us something. And I also see that their boldness was done for the sake of others. It wasn't so people would build statues of Shipran Puah, or so that everybody would remember the names of Jochebed and Miriam. What would it look like today if we had bold women in our church, in our families, in our world? What would it look like if we had people, men and women, that would learn from these bold women who would learn to fear God, listen to God, and take God into account? Is that something we, we could try? Will we be bold like them? Will we take God into account in the midst of whatever's going on in our lives, whatever ways the world is pushing and shoving us to conform? Will we be bold and willing to pay the price? Will we be bold and willing like them to see a way when there is no way? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for these bold women that you show us here in the book of Exodus. We thank you for the effects of their boldness and the fruit of their boldness. Lord, thank you for the bold women in our midst today. Encourage them, Lord. Show them your kindness. And Lord, help us to learn from them all so we can be bold and fear you also. Amen.